0: This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome
1: to the Clay Young Show.
2: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. This is the 98th edition of our podcast. Almost at 100. Got something special planned for 99 and 100 can't really say now because I haven't gotten the confirmations yet, but it's going to be huge, huge. Get that? Hopefully you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday season and that you ate a whole lot and you had a great time and there was very little stress. Unfortunately, around the capital city area, all hell has been breaking loose. People shooting each other at apartment complexes, Uh, clowns shooting innocent women and kicking them out of cars. Just, I mean, that's that's about as bad as you think you can get. And then as I sit to record this open, I'm seeing a story about this douchebag a-hole who goes home to visit his parents. And after, I guess, they tell him he can't have money, he kills them and dismembers them. I, I mean, that doesn't even sound like something that you you would think you'd ever hear yourself saying. But alas, it is what we're talking about, and because of the heaviness of everything going on, I thought it prudent to have a little diversion, right? A chance to get away from some of the serious stuff, and because of that, our guest on this 98th edition of The Clay Young Show is Richard Condon, making what I believe is his fifth appearance on the show. Now, it's interesting because today, not only will you catch up with what Rich has been doing since last we spoke, you also get to hear him do his Ed Ogeron impersonation. For those of you who are not in Louisiana and are not familiar, Ed Ogeron is now the new head football coach at LSU, and he's got this gravelly South Louisiana accent. I like the guy a whole lot. I know he's catching a lot of hell from a lot of people, but I like him. I think he cares about these kids. I think he is uh, invested and he wants to win. And depending on the type of team he puts together in terms of coaching team, that'll say a whole lot about him and what he can bring to the university. But, you know, I like the guy. And I may be guilty of just having met him and, and believing that he's got a passion to win. But we'll see. You know, they decide the reality of good or bad on a field. You play, you win. You play, you lose. It's, it's the ultimate meritocracy, right? It's You're promoted and you succeed when you do it well. And we'll see what happens with Coach Ogeron. But Richard Condon, on the day that he got the job, discovered that he can do an Ogeron impersonation, if you can imagine such a thing, and you'll hear it in the show. He'll also talk about North Bat Rouge uh, with some comments that I'm pretty sure you're going to find <laughs> interesting. And he talks about St. George, the breakaway there. And, of course, you know he's got to chime in on the presidential election. And he's got some interesting analogies about how America fared one way or the other with the election being over with now. So it's a good conversation. Listen, as I sit to record this, this weekend at Sullivan's Steakhouse, there will be a fundraiser for the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation an organization created to support law enforcement in seven parishes and hopefully build a bridge of communication, kind of bridge the gap between some communities or some parts of our communities and law enforcement. A lot of work to be done, but it's good work. It's worthy work. And we're raising money because I sit on the board this weekend at Sullivan's Steakhouse. Sullivan's in Baton Rouge is run by the fantastic Leo Verde, who is, As equally good a person as he is a manager. And if you've ever been to Sullivan's, you know he kills it. He does a great job. So we're glad to be doing this. And we've had a fundraiser at Ben 77. My buddy Brian Dykes over there was happy to support us. And so be on the lookout for more information about that. But it's Sunday, December 4th at Sullivan's Steakhouse at 6 p.m. And so if you're hearing this show after then, I'm pretty sure we had a great time But I'll be reporting on it on our next week show. Uh, Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We appreciate the feedback we get from you guys and feedback from those of you who missed us for a couple of weeks. Now that we're back and we're pushing on through on our way to 100. We appreciate all of you who have heard the majority of our first 97 shows and are getting ready to embark on number 98 here with Richard Condon in just a moment. Thank you so much. You can follow me on Twitter at Clay young BR on Facebook backslash Clay young. There is also a podcast225 Facebook and Twitter page. And of course, you can email me at Clay Young. At, wait a minute. No, that's Clay at podcast225.com. Clay at podcast225.com. Okay, after a quick break, we're back with a wild man from the Iris Channel. Richard Condon here on The Clay Young Show. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Hosting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial and online at Brianlowfinancial.com Brian, what is the rule of 100? Steadfast rule. It says okay. uh, if I'm 60, you shouldn't have not any more than 40% of your money in the stock market. Ah. If you're 70, no more than 30% of the market. If you're 80, no more than 20. So doesn't it doesn't make sense as you get older to put less in the stock market. Mm-hmm. But the truth is a lot of people come in, they're 65 and 70, and they've got 70, 80% of the market. Why? Because of the business model they're working with. The stockbroker has been doing the same thing for the last 25 years. He lost him 28% in 2008. It's not about what they make. It's about what they keep today. Right. Let's create an income plan. So like you, let's find ways to reduce your risk, focus on purpose, increase our income, and ensure you don't have to go back to work. Give us a call today. We'll start the plan before 2017. Next year will be the man's 19th year in the business. He knows what he's talking about. You can find him online at BrianLoweFinancial.com. That's BrianLoweFinancial.com. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Well, we're back. And as promised, the man is here in studio. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Condon. And uh, before we get started, just over your left shoulder, I have something in my studio called The Door of Fame. And really, it is an opportunity for guests who come on the podcast in studio to sign the door. And, you know, we've had politicians, congressional representatives, business owners, community people. And the door was just this modest, nice little door. And now it's going to be the door of Condon forevermore.
1: Well, since I sell wood for a living, Clay, in cabinets, you have styles and rails on a cabinet door. And in a regular door to enter or exit, you got styles and rails. So I thought I'd take the middle rail of the door (sighs) and just sum it up, baby. Condon right there, silent M with an arrow pointing to the end. <laughs> so, it's not condom,
2: it's it, condon. The M is silent. That's I'm telling right. you now, everybody who comes in, he he owns the door now. It's going to be the thing. No, it's everybody, my freaking door, oh, there's no the question. doubt about No, no, it. you, you yeah. took the door. I mean, everybody else is on my damn door now. <laughs> That's pretty much the way this works. And again, the thing that pe- I've heard more than anything else from people, and this, I think, is your fifth appearance on the podcast, you did, you've done three alone and one time with Anna, who, by the way, is going to be pissed at me because she's not here this time. Well, she's pissed at me every day. Well, Don't worry about know. it. Let it go. But the thing I hear the most from people when you're on, and I hear a lot of things, is it's so amazing to hear him or it's, he's so funny when he doesn't have to hold back. And what I mean by that is he doesn't have to worry about the FCC over here. So he says any and everything he wants to say. So if you've not heard one of the previous Condon shows, one, I don't know what the problem is, but two, maybe you ought not listen with the kids in the No, I'm pod. ready to go. Yeah. Let's just freaking go. Whatever you
1: got, s- hey, guess s- what? I'm
2: pulling everything out. So I'd like to first say that this is the 98th edition of the Clay Young Show podcast. And like I mentioned, you've done five of them. Uh, does that depress you or make you feel well, good? Well, I think,
1: I think really it, it sums up. It, it's grand because since I am on 98.1... <laughs> It only makes sense now, that I'm on to show at well ninety eight.
2: That is well done. See, this done. is a live thing here. That's is that's yeah, you well can't done. skit
1: this out. You oh. know what? Quite so often, people say, "Well, you know, he skits everything out. He writes everything down." No, no, no. A lot of the stuff I do comes off the cuff, as people will experience throughout this
2: podcast. Well, absolutely, and and at some point, uh, there's going to be an excerpt of this up on social media before the show actually drops. So this has been a busy year, right? And busy not being, not meaning totally good. We've had some rough stuff happen this year in Baton Rouge. 2005 aside, can you ever remember a time like this?
1: No, I mean, not. uh, you know, you're talking about all the natural disaster situation with everybody in Denham Springs and Ascension Parish and Livingston and all over, all parts in between. You know, you talk about the Elton Sterling shooting, you talk about the coaching changing in LSU, We're not to compare the loss of life and limb and personal mm-hmm. property mm-hmm. to a coach losing his job, and now Ed Ozeron's getting the job. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Clay, this has been a, a year, and, you know, I've been up here since 78, and a lot of things have happened in Baton Rouge, 78 business-wise, politics-wise, the city has grown. We've seen ups and downs and all periods in between. I can't remember a year like 2016. I just can't. And, you know, I'm 56 now, and I know you're a couple of years younger than me. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see a year like this again. And if we don't, I think most people out there would be gratified. They would be overjoyed if we don't get another year
2: like this. I want it gone. I can't wait for this year to be out of here. I mean, it's 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 been unbelievable. And, you know, the summer with the, the situation with Alton Sterling, and then two weeks later, two and a half weeks later, we have three officers Uh, Murdered, And then you have another officer, Nick Tullier, who's still fighting for his life right now. He's over in Houston. And, I mean, the the city is just under this heaviness. And then in August, I mean, Katrina was bad. But I never thought I'd see 10 feet of water on O'Neill Lane in Baton Rouge, Louisiana.
1: You know, people always say, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty for your fortune. But quite part of me felt guilty. Why? Really guilty. Because in my neighborhood, it was just a couple of rainy days. And I really felt guilty. And I'm watching Channel 9, and I'm watching Channel 2, and I'm watching the news coverage. I'm watching Fox. uh, You know, and when Fox goes to commercial, I'll deal with CNN for about a minute and a half. (laughs) And and I'm watching all this, and I'm going, unless you live in that neighborhood, unless you live in that house, unless you have somebody impacted— You just can't relate to. And you can tell everybody when they lose a loved one, I'm so sorry if there's anything I can do. And that's appreciative. You can't do anything more than that and offer help to all those people who are still recovering, waiting for FEMA dollars and Mm -hmm. waiting for their insurance company Mm -hmm. and mortgage company to settle up. And it's still going on. Yeah, it was just overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me personally because, you know, I work uh, in in a business where we supply woods for cabinets and that sort of thing. And our warehouse got six feet of water, so – uh, I mean, I was getting a paycheck, but we couldn't service any customers because, I mean, we didn't have any electricity. We well, like, no, you Bridge Road. We had six feet of water there, and all our material floated in people's backyards and yeah. front yards, and it was just so devastating. And until you actually see it yeah. and experience it, And you're from parts far unknown, and then once you get your hands on it, and everybody was impacted. We agree with that. Traffic, retail, everybody in some capacity. Our insurance is going up, whatever. But, man, until you see these people, and what's amazing about South Louisianians, and I'm not patronizing, but what's amazing is after a few weeks, a few months, their resiliency What well, they realized, right. man in the grand scheme of things we're getting back gradually no in the question. grand scheme of things i got my health my yep. family is safe yep. so i
2: thank god for where i'm at right now listen have could you imagine anything more special than the cajun navy and this was different you had black white everything jumping on boats and getting in their trucks And going and helping people, it was the most amazing thing, especially after the summer we had just had.
1: You know, the Cajun Navy and the Cajun Army, I mean, people just walk down the street and walk miles to help people and give them food and water and just try to help, you know, retrieve some of the valuables that didn't get lost and family photos and memorabilia and all Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. what's incredible is that these people who went out there to help Clay— Their homes were flooded. Their homes were devastated. They came and helped people from parishes away they've never met before, Mm -hmm. we'll never see again. Right. Besides a thank you note, maybe. It's incredible about, it just reassured me. And we always say about South Louisianians are different, and South Louisianians are special, and everything we've dealt with, Mm -hmm. with natural disasters, and just things, and the crops, and the sugar cane, and just things we deal with uh, as people who live in South Louisiana. But ever that was an exclamation point on how resilient, and how helpful, and how big of a heart people Happened in South Louisiana Mm -hmm. what
2: happened in August defines it no question about it I mean it's I was impressed by it I didn't love some of what the national media tried to do to us Uh, I just I have a big problem with that but I think the people here proved how much we care about one another and it didn't matter what you looked like if you were in need people jumped in to help and we've seen it before we know that that exists here but you know what pissed you off the most about um that anything at all? Because I got I had a big bone to pick with the federal government the way they screwed people. Well,
1: I mean, over. I think I think FEMA too slow to react once again. You know, How do you and, get and, and, that so wrong and when trailers that's all you do? and this sort of thing and, and just giving people what they need. And I don't understand, especially what happened in two thousand and five. You would yeah. think FEMA would get it right, would actually get yeah. it right, and it still is, is disorganized and it's the federal government and trying to get the funds and the supplies yeah.
2: and the support to the people they need to get it to. And once again, they crash and burn. Now, you know, one of the big things, and, and you've talked about it a little bit on your show, Condon Uncensored, <clears throat> on Eagle 98.1, is traffic here after the, the great flood of 2016. Can never remember as, it being as bad as it is right now in Baton Rouge. Your observations about traffic and well, people I mean, on the road.
1: You know, it's, it, it's kind of like reading Cat in a Hat to the kids. I okay. mean, it's like over and over and over. It's the same story. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. And now we got the uh, you know the mayor race coming out of Bodie mm-hmm. White and. Sharon Weston and, and you know it's kind of like both of them talk about the traffic just yeah. like five years ago and yeah. 10 years ago and yeah. 20 years ago in 78 when I was wearing belt bottom pants and it was Saturday night fever the mayor back then was talking about traffic in Baton Rouge not as bad as it is now right but we keep hearing about traffic and uh, I think the gondola is now out of the way but we keep hearing about all of this stuff and like <laughs> all these people, downtown yeah yeah you know what I mean we keep hearing about all of this and street cars and right, uh and, right. and the Jetsons and yeah, whatever yeah. but nothing ever gets better and I understand it's an emotional thing, so right. they can say whatever they want. And right. we got new technology now, and we're finally going to get the freaking lights synchronized. And yeah. That ain't happening. They've been talking about that for 10 years.
2: I thought you were going to run for city council.
1: Well, you know what, Clay? I uh, I was going to run for city council. And after seeing how the city council is now, it wouldn't matter what I could do. It wouldn't matter. It simply wouldn't matter. Look, this city council the metro council is divided along racial lines. Yep. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you could know, be pure and simple about it. You got the sisters and the brothers want it this way. You got the white dudes on this side, they want it that way. The sisters and the brothers don't think the white dudes have any good ideas for North Baton Rouge because they didn't go to Capitol or Strumah. Yeah. I just don't get that mentality. I really don't get that mentality. So how
2: would you do it differently if you were on the council?
1: I just clear a house and it's me. Oh, you, I represent all 12.
2: You'd want to represent all, all 12. All 12, I got it. What would you do in North Baton Rouge?
1: Well, what I would do is just tell people, look, if you want new businesses to come in, and you got to take a little pride in your community. You found me? You got to cut your grass and you got to get the old stuff out of there. You can't have tires on your lawn. You can't sit on the porch all day and wait for the check. That's what I would do. You got to work hard. Now, the people out there in the North Baton Rouge area who work hard, God bless them. God bless them because there's a lot of people in North Baton Rouge who work hard. They are being brought down a downtrodden. Yeah. People who don't care. Yeah. And they believe in a damn self of entitlement. And that's what it is. Any business who would come here and want to relocate or expand in North Baton Rouge, why would you do it if you had any common sense? When people in their own community don't take pride in their corners, their neighborhoods, and what the whole outfit looks like, why would any business owner say, you know what I want to do? I want to open up a place there. Uh, and all these Metro Council people keep talking about, well, we didn't even folks some new business and jobs in North Baton Rouge. Until the people take care of their own house and their own neighborhood, I'm not going to build next door to them. Right. When's the last time you bought a house and moved into a neighborhood where your neighbors didn't give a damn what their house looked like? Never.
2: Exactly. Never, never. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So what about the, the St. George thing? That might come back again. You know what, Clay? You're going to have to help me with that. I
1: well, understand the whole... Well, you know, the, the breakaway district, yeah. you know, I get all of that, but, uh, you know, people can accuse me of being uneducated. I get that. But with the St. George thing, it really hadn't have a personal impact well, on me.
2: Lots of people feel that way. I mean, that's not just you. People have lives. I tell people politicians who come sit and talk about consultation that you got to remember people have lives people go to work they have families they don't have time to read every detail about here's my thing argument. and
1: help me here i need your help here. okay you got uh, for the it. average human being like yes. myself Yeah,
2: average yeah
1: the average human being i'm not talking about education i'm just talking about average from a to z Clay. <laughs> uh here's my question to you it's like The whole St. George thing, wasn't it it about better schools and that sort of thing? that's
2: what it started about. Okay, here's
1: my issue with that. Yes. My issue with that is, look, I live in an area of town Mm -hmm. that uh, has a a middle school just literally blocks away, blocks away. Yes. Okay, well, I wouldn't send my kids there. So I live in a good area of town, which St. George is a good area of town. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So then, damn it, do what I do. Me and my wife have sacrificed all our lives. As a middle school, my kid could ride a skateboard or get on his bike years ago and go to. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a good school. It's a public middle school. Sorry about that. So I sacrificed What makes my... it a bad school? Well, what makes it a bad school is that all the kids will go to that school. Their parents didn't give a damn because it's free. When it's free, you're going to get a little riffraff. God bless the kids, but that's the way it is. You're going to get a little riffraff. Well, some of the kids are not riffraff. Nah, I didn't say that. I said you're going to get a little riffraff, yeah, a little okay? riff-raff okay? All right, okay. watch yourself here, right. Clay Young. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep you on the line right now. I got right the there. biggest name on your. Freaking doing <laughs> that,
2: I'm gonna post. No, a my picture point of with
1: all this is you can live in a good neighborhood and still send your kids to the best schools, right? Guess what? Sacrifice, baby. Yeah, just sacrifice instead of going on those cruises and buying that new car once every other year. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice and send your kids to the St. Jude's, the St. George's, the St. Thomas Moore's, the St. Aloysius, the Our Lady of mercies uh, St. Isidore. I mean, whatever, I can go on and on and on. St. Louis, can whatever. Just sacrifice and live in a good area of town. Don't expect, well, you know what? They owe me a good free school. Nobody owes you a good free school. You owe it to yourself to provide your kids with the best education. Mm. That's what you owe your kids. It's always, what's for me? What's for me? Oh, so I get good public schools in St. George. Well, so they're not there. Hey, there's a middle school around the corner from my house. My kids don't go there. But they went a couple of blocks away to St. Aloysius. Mm. You know, they went to St. Joseph's Academy. I paid for it because that's... Every parent's number one objective, when they decide to have sex without any protection and they bring oh, kids God. into the world, then your job number one priority. is not your own self-wants, your own self-needs. Take care of the kids. It's about taking no care question. of your kids. No so question. I don't want to put it on to the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. It's not their fault. It's the parents' fault for not providing their kids everything
2: they need. What do you think about parents is that's a big discussion right now. Parents who coddle kids who want to shield them from the hard things in life. They want everything to be easy. Uh, I tell my children, the only thing in life that's free is misery.
1: Well, let me tell you this. You know, you got all these uh, jack wagon kids, self-titled uh, mocha Jack, sipping. Jack wagon. Yeah, protesting, all of this crap. Here's the thing, okay? I mean, their parents were a bunch of flower kids or whatever the hell. They did heroin years ago. I don't know what the hell was going on in their minds. But my point is, where would this, you know, guy busts like that grandpa? If he was still alive, can you imagine what he's thinking about this? Mm-hmm. I mean, all these kids protesting on college campuses and all of this crap. We got safe spaces.
2: Okay, we got Which is unbelievable. You no, know, here's like
1: what's unbelievable, man. We have servicemen and women who did tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq and all of these places. And we abusing the use of therapy dogs to take care of these little sissy kids. Sissy kids who feel all threatened because Trump is now going to be our 45th president. Why, they feel threatened because freedom of speech. They feel threatened here, threatened there. Where were the parents in these kids' life when yeah. they were growing up? Let me tell you something. You know why these kids are like they are? Here's why. Because their dads didn't put a belt in their ass because it's a damn timeout crap. Mm-hmm. And every kid got a damn participation trophy. Oh, and it that. was zero tolerance. Well, that. when a kid picked on your kid, hey, I told my kids when they were young, if a kid picks on you, pop him in a freaking mouth and let him spit. Out sunflower seeds. I got your back on this. I'm not promoting violence. I don't want you to start a fight. You start a fight, I'm gonna whip your ass when you get home. You're losing our privileges. But if a son or any boy attacks my daughter, kick him in the nuts. Let me tell you something. If a guy starts crap with my son in school, pop him in the mouth. He won't do it again. And if you get suspended and the principal calls me, Mr. Connor, we need to meet with you. Okay. I go to the principal's office. A kid pushed your son and he punched him in the face. We won't talk. Well guess what? I'd like to punch you in a freaking face because I'm not gonna tolerate my right. son becoming a pansy and a little sissy kid and eventually he's gonna go to college and want a damn safe space.
2: We ought to just get pacifiers with college logos on it. It's
1: just bull crap, Clay. No, forget about it. It's podcasts. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. You know, because these kids out there are coddled, their parents get away with it, mm-hmm. and all of these damn protests and all this BS and bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to kick all of these young kids up the ass. And I want to kick that parents up the ass. And I want to know where the grandparents are. Yeah. Who's going to take charge of these kids? Because you know what's sad? What's sad is these are the future leaders of our country. And you know what? I hate to say it's great getting old, but Clay, it's freaking great oh, getting no, old. No, it they is. They say the average guy now <laughs> lives to be 78 years of age. So I got about another 22 years to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> well, we got these damn liberal left-wing job professors. We got these little feel-good kids running around. And guess what? Here's Here's what's sad. Here's what's sad. When I went to LSU back in the 70s and early 80s, Clay, it yeah, yeah. took me five years to get out. Don't know if you can tell. But yes. when I went there, <laughs> I when I went there, guess what? If I if there was social media back then, right? Yes. Social media. yes. And all of a sudden, I got some Jack Web and I duel running around with a freaking knife at Ohio State. Let me tell you something. That's what we need to do. The first thing Trump needs to do when he gets into office... You can't name your kid Abdul. Just can't do it. It might be tough. And, well, it might be tough, but hell, I'm liking what he's doing. He's thinking about you lose your citizenship. If you burn if you, the if you, flag. If you burn the flag. I like that. We got to talk more about that. No, we are going to talk yes, about indeed. that. So what I'm saying is, is that we need to make sure that these kids who go to these colleges, man, there's got to be some some repercussion. What, what was the saying when they got the social media alert, all right, which we didn't have when we went uh, to college? they said. Hide. No, wait, what was it? It was run, hide, fight. Fight. Yeah, was a run hot fight. Yeah, okay. Back in the late seventies and early eighties at LSU, we knew what the hell that meant. No question. And if we had social media, that's the thing. The kids you know, didn't know what it meant. <laughs> we had social media. We would have known. Hey, hey, look, some little you know nickel and dime jackass, right? Like the size of a spaghetti noodle. We would have whipped his ass. No question. Because me and my two buddies, no you distract him. No I'm question. tackling him to the ground. We didn't need any campus cop to shoot this guy. But
2: what was amazing is the number of kids who said they didn't know what it meant. That's what, do you what mean I'm saying. They didn't know what it meant. What do you mean you didn't know? I I don't understand that. Run, hide, fight. What is so confusing about that? (laughs) Well, supposedly you need all of these high ACT
1: scores. (laughs) Supposedly you need all of these genius genes to be able to get in these institutions of higher learning. You know the problem we got here? The problem we got here is we don't have any damn common sense with these young people today. They have no damn common sense. All they do is drink their little mokey sippies, they take their little selfies, and I got your freaking mannequin challenge
2: right here. That is the stupidest thing. I don't know where that started. Oh, I, I've we got never... a new one. What's, what's the new, new one? one? You didn't hear about no, the new what's one. It, newer it's than Manigan.
1: Yes.
2: What's the... Okay. You're only going
1: to get to see it. That's why I got the biggest name on your <laughs> freaking door here. Well, It's the one finger challenge. What
2: is what the What you one? do
1: is you get naked. What? You take a selfie in the mirror in your bathroom, and you use one finger, like your trigger finger, yeah. to cover up your genitals or your nipples. Get out of here. I'm telling you, when we get done this podcast, you are not going to hear this anywhere else but Clay Young's podcast, and you're not going to hear... Get this insight, and this wisdom, and the latest info to four one one. Everybody, everybody, get working. Oh then you my will God. on ninety eight point one,
2: kind of uh, right. You are on a roll. So let's go back here. I have two questions that come to mind. Okay, one: How do you know this? Which is disturbing that you do. And two: Have you been looking at pictures of people doing the one finger challenge? No,
1: no, no. First off, uh, let me tell you. Uh, because on a radio station, you know, we cater to guys, we cater to women, that yeah, sort of thing. And yeah. Gordy says you got to be a little bit more well-rounded. So, I mean, wait, has Gordy met you? What's that? Has he met you? I look to fall, I look forward to meeting him one day. Uh,
2: because I'm saying
1: he's. he's <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but the thing, look, I got 15 websites I go to every morning, and Fox Sports, and Fox News, and Drudge Report, right. and. And Dead Pelican, which, by the way, I got to say, Dead Pelican's got to pick it up. Because half the crap on their website, I saw it two days ago. And they don't refresh it enough. So whoever that guy is. Chad Rogers all is All right, Jack, name. pick it up a little bit. Chad. Whatever the hell. Chad, Takesha, whatever. Just get oh, done. Look, so, look, here's the deal. So, I mean, I go to 15 websites. So, like, the news, like, it's WNP.com, WBRC, yes. Drudge Report. I go to Huffington just to get that side weird you news. You go to Huffington? Well, just to get the sides. That weird news sometimes can make it out. Like, uh-huh. if I go off on a Metro console... And I go off on this and go off on that. Every now and then in radio, Gordy tells me you gotta lighten it up a little bit, lighten it up. So sometimes I got some weird stories really about people doing stupid stuff. Pay- yes, yeah, so anyway, I got 15 websites I go to, Fox News is one, yeah. Drudge Report, yeah. Huffington, WFB, yes. WBRC, yes. yes. Dead Pelican, yes. you know, just that kind of stuff. So anyway, when you go there, you're trying to look for something unique, something different, something to lighten the mood. And Clay, I always say this, man. In radio, there's a story, but then what are you going to do with it? Because any any person, and if you listen to radio today, you can tell they don't even do this, Mm. but any person can print a story. Anybody can do that. Hell, that's five minutes of prep. Right? Why would you burn your listeners? Even though the average listener out there mm-hmm. is not the most educated or enlightened person in the world, they just not. They too busy. Well, on
2: some of the issues, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I, I, so, I know what you. you and just for so people to understand, you're not meaning it as an insult. You're saying people are too busy to follow everything.
1: You know, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. So it's not about education. It's sure. about they too busy, man. Sure. They got a job. They got yeah, two jobs. They absolutely. got kids. They got a room to practice. Absolutely. So, so yeah, uneducated is not it because of all people, I'm the last one that can point a finger there. But, but the point is you don't, don't have believe time. believe that, folks. You don't have time, and, and that's what I do. Yeah. It's fine to that story that the average person don't know. So right. even sometimes if it's two days old to that person, I mean, they're not going to get that from the local news. Nope. And Fox News, you know, is repetitive, mm-hmm. just like CNN. Sure. It's repetitive because they know their viewing audience in the morning, even in the evening. Yeah. It constantly changes. Yep, recycles. So they repeat, mm-hmm. they repeat reset, or mm-hmm. whatever. So it's just fine to that. So when you see something like that Madigan Challenge – if you're in a car, like a lot of people, like if you, if you talk about Trump, and well, I mean, I'm tired of Trump. I'm tired of Trump. If you talk about the Metro Console, I'm tired of hearing about the Metro Console. If you talk about traffic, I'm tired of hearing about that. So you always got to find that one thing that, oh, that's a little lighthearted. I didn't know that, that sort of thing. So it's not into, I'm into social challenges. Mm-hmm. I could give a dough. Mm-hmm. The cinnamon challenge, the ice bucket challenge, even though that created a lot of, Awareness yeah, and for money AC, for great uh, causes.
2: ACS, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean I'm I I'm okay with that, but it's kinda like that I'm going, When is it gonna stop? Mm-hmm. Then you had the Asian broads wrapping their arm around their hip so they could touch their belly button. That was another uh, challenge, the belly button that. challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just stuff that's going A- on Asian out there. Asian ladies
2: do, doing what?
1: Yeah, it was Asian broads. What they would do is, because they all got little thin waist, right? So oh, what they would do gosh. is wrap their arm. Look, look at me. I know this is radio. Yeah. But they would wrap their arm. They were so flexible and thin. Yeah. Yes. So they would wrap their arm yes. around their hip
0: to uh-huh. touch their belly button. With like their all the way around their exactly back? right.
1: Right. Like, wow. like Chinese contortionists.
2: Wow. They called that the belly button challenge. Mm.
1: See, that's why you need to have me. here No question. No,
2: no. More than five times. But, you know, five out of 100. I mean, every now and then, your listeners get damn tired of the tax (laughs) renewals. Yes. Yes, I'm sure. But, you know, this is a special treat to have you back here right at the end of the year. In in fact, we did this a year ago in December. Had you here uh, at the end of the year. But anyway, you mentioned you had a problem with CNN. What's your beef with them?
1: I mean, CNN, well, Fox, I got a problem I know with Fox. you how much you love Don. No, no, I you. got a problem with Fox, too, because, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Fox. Yeah. I always watch Fox. I never watch CNN. Mm-hmm. I never do. Uh, I'm a conservative male, yeah. so I watch Fox. I believe in kicking ass. Mm-hmm. I watch Fox. I believe in winning any war that's going to be casualties, innocent casualties. All right. That's what it is. You got to open up a can of whip ass. You know, sometimes when you spray for roaches, you kill doodle bugs. <laughs> it's just the way it is. So I watch Fox. And CNN is just so damn passive, and I'm thinking of vegans, and I'm thinking of flower people, and I'm thinking of safe spaces, and I'm thinking of being coddled, and I'm thinking about socialism, and I'm thinking about all of that poo-poo. So that's why I can't take CNN. It's just, CNN is about participation trophies. Fox uh-huh. is about winning that Letterman's <laughs> jacket. You know, winning that letter. Yes. You know, Fox is about being cut like they used to. If you suck, your kid should join a book club. Okay? CNN is about all kids should get playing time. Okay? Fox is about grow old, men shouldn't wear hair pieces. CNN is about men dyeing their hair and wearing $20 <laughs> hair pieces. See, Fox is about, lady, you need to lose weight. CNN believes, you, you know, Paisley, Big... Thick-skinned, big-hip women are also attractive. That's just the difference. Mm. What was that last thing? (laughs) Fox is about women should look good and take a lot of pride in what they look like. Yes. Okay, CNN's about big-hip women, heifers, who don't do anything for their self-appeal, how they look, and still should be complimented because they were born here and they're one of God's creatures. And you believe that, too? You're damn right. Oh, you believe that? You like the. No, 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 no. I don't believe that. I think every. No, 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 no. Don't bag me in that corner.
2: Give me an eraser. I'm going to take my name off that door. Uh, I tried. I almost got you there. So so then, uh, you know, Trump wins the election. What do you think about the presidential election?
1: All right, let me tell you this. All right. First off, I know how much you like there, Hillary. No, nah, well, I mean, I, I can't stand Hillary, but let me tell you what it is. I'm going to put it in. Can we go uh, athletic terms here? Absolutely. Let me set the you table. Want. Yeah, let me set the table. All right. I wasn't happy with either one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just like so many people out yeah, there. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, too many, damn, too many damn people out there decided they wasn't going to vote because they didn't like either one. Well, how many, how many hundreds of thousands of servicemen we lost? World War I, World mm-hmm. War II, Korea, Vietnam, Gulf War. I can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. They gave me a right to go in there and cast a vote. Right. That's every civic responsibility. That's yep. what everybody should do. Yep. So I looked at it from this perspective. I can go Hillary Clinton and my team football-wise. It's down by six, and we got the ball at the 45. We got a chance for one last play. Mm-hmm. All right, if I go with Hillary Clinton, I'm thinking I'm going to run off tackle and score. Chances are that ain't going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Or I can go with Donald Trump. Let's do a Hail Mary. Every now and then you win on a Hail Mary. We were not going to win with Hillary Clinton. There's no doubt about it. We weren't going to win. Give me a shot with Donald Trump. I'm tossing it in the end zone. It's a bluegrass miracle, but it's on a national front.
2: This can't be the first time you've used that analogy. Yes, it is. That's, I'm not making it up. Wow.
1: You know what? Let me give you another analogy, and I'll so, give you the second one. See, and this you, you should have stopped while one. you were ahead, though. Because, oh, yeah, the guests are not just uh, they not just witted like I am. <laughs> now, look, here's another one. All right? Well, Clay, you know, that's code three, and that's what we're going to do. Is It's a referendum, man, yes. right here. Look. So here's another one, Clay. It's like it's like that restaurant you go to all the time, yes. go to all the time, go to mm-hmm. all the time. And the parking lot's always packed. Uh-huh. Because guess what? They've been going there. And their mom and dad's went there. It's like a legacy kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, you got that restaurant down the road. And you know the sign, only two letters of the name is lit up. Uh-huh. But it's always packed. And you go, you know what? Let me try that. Maybe the food's good. And you go there, and the food is good. That's what I'm assuming with Donald Trump. The food's going to be good. I got a shot with Trump. I got a shot. That's all anybody wants in life is a shot. You got a shot with Trump. You had no shot with Hillary Clinton.
2: Yeah. You know, that second analogy wasn't as good as the first one.
1: Hey, look, let me tell you. Did I tell you what happened last night?
2: No, you didn't.
1: I was running at Highland Road by the observatory. Yeah. Oh, the, ob- I'm sorry about that. <laughs> observatory. I was running at and yes. uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill were walking. We took a photo.
2: Did you really? <laughs> yeah,
1: they were hiking. <laughs>
2: You know you like Hillary Clinton.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like. Her. <laughs> uh, By the way, one thing, I got to compliment Hillary and Bill on one thing. What's that? I really do. Okay. Let's get serious here. Oh, really? I got to compliment That's Hillary okay. and Bill on one That's thing. Okay. They realize after one kid, they stopped. They stopped. Thank God. I wish more people out there, if you have one kid and the kid's ugly, you have another <laughs> kid and that kid's ugly, you realize that DNA just not meant to be. Just stop. They didn't need to have three or four to realize they have ugly kids. They decided one kid, Chelsea, boom, we're done. That's why I appreciate Hillary and Bill. They made a wise decision. The only wise decision, either one of them made in their personal and political life. Can I sign your door again?
2: <laughs> what about Les Miles?
1: Well, I mean, the move had to be made. But, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, the move should have been made after the A&M game at the end of last season. You know, F. King Alexander stepping in and telling Joe Oliva, no, you set the program back a season. You see it. You set the program back a season. LSU had 19 seniors in the history of LSU football. Only one time ever have they added more seniors on Senior Day. They were a top five team. LSU should be in the in, in the 14 playoff. Right. Okay. Because you look at what happened against Wisconsin, mm-hmm. that should have never happened. Right. Okay? If you look at what happened against Auburn, that should never happen. That's... LSU should have beat Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, they should have one loss.
2: Alabama. One loss. And that one was that one was a good So if,
1: if that's the only loss you have, and you come back and beat AM, and m LSU's in a running for the fourteen playoff. Yeah. So Les Miles needed to go, but Les Miles should have went after the AM and game last season. So then you set the football program back. Then you bring in Coach Ed Ozeron on an interim basis. hmm Look, you know know what it's like? It's like when your son is dating a girl you don't like. Mm -hmm. She's pretty promiscuous. Social media. You know, she's putting photos up on Facebook with a spider web on her lower back. You really don't want your son to marry this girl, but he says he's in love with her. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, you're 23, 24, 25, 26. He's paying his own bills. Yes. It's like when your daughter, okay, she's dating this jackass. He's got a mullet. He's got tattoos all over his body. When he comes over to the house, he walks out of your house before your daughter walks out of the house, that kind of thing? Yeah. Exactly. But you know what? She's in love. Uh, she insists. She's not verbally abused. He never touches her in a harmful way. Okay, you got to let your child at one point in their life make a decision. It's the same thing here. I wasn't a fan of Ed O's wrong as far as being a head coach. I think he's in over his head. Why? He's Well, because, I mean – Well, everybody says 10 and 25 at Ole Miss doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody in life learns, but he needed to learn somewhere else before he gets the LSU job. He needs to go to, I mean, I don't know, pick a school, like where Frank Wilson is, Texas, San Antonio. Maybe a little bit bigger than that, like a ULL, Mm -hmm. something like that, along those lines, a UL Monroe, a South Alabama. Prove yourself there, and then we want you back. Wow. But you know what? But here's my point, back to what I was talking about as far as the kids. He's here now, so he's family. -hmm. So, you got to embrace, you got to support, because if you're an LSU person and when LSU wins, it impacts business, it impacts everybody's morale, it impacts everything. So, they decided that Ed Osraw is their man. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, I can't change that. So, now as an LSU resident and an LSU graduate and an LSU fan, I got to get behind Joe Oliva and the decision makers out at LSU and support Ed Osraw as
2: this program moves forward. Well, what can he do? You know, they, uh, Aranda, the defensive coordinator, signed an extension. He was hired by Les Miles, but they gave him a three-year expen- extension, probably bumped up his pay, named him associate head coach. Everybody loves him, and he did a really good job with what he had. The, the talk now is about who's going to be the offensive coordinator. Chat about Lane Kiffin. Why would Lane Kiffin leave Alabama?
1: Well, because Wayne Kiffin and Nick Saban don't get along, and Nick Saban doesn't really credit Wayne Kiffin. It's pretty yeah. much, and here's the deal: I can see why Wayne Kiffin would want to come in, just like anybody. If Lane Kiffin comes out with you, as long as Wayne Kiffin stays at Alabama, the thing, the thought process out there. It's going to be, well, Lane Kiffin's good, but it's only because Nick Saban's the guy. Right. Nick Saban's telling him every now and then. Right. He's always going to be Nick Saban's little Enos. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be Nick Saban's cabana boy. Okay. In the thought process. Yeah. Not saying it's yeah, fair. Sure. But if he comes here where the offense has struggled, mm-hmm. if he comes here where Cam Cameron and Les Miles and that whole national yeah. image of LSU's lack of production and on And chemis-
2: chemistry with yeah, yeah, those around because he, they worked together. But think about his yeah. resume.
1: He comes here one year and LSU goes to from being – very limited offensively, uh, not being able to score in big games, and mm-hmm. it's repetitive, and mm-hmm. poor use of timeouts, and substitutions, and everything. If he comes here, and all of a sudden, LSU's offense goes from like being the 80th-ranked offense passing yeah. to all of a sudden in the top 15, top yeah. 20, and total offense, when you combine running and yeah. passing, now they're a top 15 or 20 in the country. All of a sudden, guess what? His stock goes way up. Well, the only problem you got with this is Where's the continuity within the program? Because Dave Aranda signs a three-year deal, but that only means he he can leave whenever he wants. He's got a three-year deal, but he's got it out. He can go if he gets a head coaching gig. But with Aranda, I don't know what that man's thinking. He's very quiet. Yes, he is. He's very personable Mm -hmm. when it comes to his business, Mm -hmm. which I respect. Yeah. Because the more you say, the more trouble you can get in. Yeah. So I respect that, but I don't know uh, from a professional standpoint with him and his his wife and his family, what his goals are. Mm -hmm. He may want to just be... A defensive coordinator does he have young children? at the NFL level. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I think he has one or two. But at the NFL level, that may be his deal. I don't yeah. want to be the head coach. Yeah. Let those guys worry about those yeah. headaches. Yeah. I want to be a guy who never has to address the media. See, I just do my job.
2: If Kiffin comes here and does the see, job. See, if Kiffin
1: comes here, he's going after one or two years. Two years at the best. Unless he gets offered the top job. Well, I mean, here. but, but here's the deal. What Ed O's wrong, here's something Tiger fans need to consider. And this is the worst case scenario. Because everybody appreciates Ed O's wrong because he's from Louisiana a whole bit. Look, He's a good thinking, guy. Well, no, he is a good guy. But my thing is, look, let's put it on a personal perspective. Well, we go with, well, they like him because he's from La Rose and this thing. Look, if the guy was born next to my dad in the channel, mm-hmm. I still don't think he's qualified. So I, I love local flavor, but either you're qualified or you're not qualified. And at this point, I don't think he is. So back to my point. Y'all points. do look
2: a little bit alike.
1: No, we don't. Trust me. All right. You, you know, you're making me do this.
2: We got one team, we got one heartbeat.
1: One thing, Joe Lever, One thing, the LSU fan base. We here to win championships, not just ball games. The LSU uh, fan base. I'm one of you. All we're gonna do is hit the road. Gonna go out there and recruit. All I want to do is get a big truck with big tires, get a <laughs> big boat, go fishing, win ball games at LSU. With one
2: family here. One team. One heartbeat. I think you got a new bit right there. No, I don't think. So. I've never caught you doing that on the Eagle. Have you done that on the Eagle? You have not. Have not. Have you not? No, no. Or no. you're afraid Matter to do fact, it on No. What happened
1: was it was like Saturday after he was announced the coach. Oh you man. Know. Let's see. What was that? Uh, I don't know. What was that? It was like,
2: Saturday. It was the twenty, whatever it was. No, Saturday was the twenty-six. Okay, the twenty-six. Just want to get yeah. the date because I know the yeah. podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So when I heard him speak, I'm going. Wait a minute, you know, I can't impersonate anybody. I can barely speak the English language but you can do that one. But
2: I'm going, wait a minute, I think I could do this. No, you kind of did it. I'm going to see him Sunday. I'm going to tell him Richard Condon doesn't mean Ed Ogeron. One thing, my family, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to tear up. This job, this job means a whole lot
1: to me. One thing, Joe Oliver because I was driving here, got that call. 30 in the morning, <laughs> I looked at the phone, answered the phone. It was Joe. So said, Ed. We gotta meet with you. I told my wife. I don't think they bring me into Baton Rouge to not give me the job. Rode down the windows, was driving fast, listening to my favorite song. I was hoping the trooper didn't pull me over, because I knew damn it, I was gonna be the head coach at LSU. Now we gotta get out there, I'd staff, gotta work hard, gotta get there and recruit them gentlemen. And all them kids that come to Baton Rouge come play at LSU. It's about purple and gold, baby. Well, shoot. We know we gotta compete against Alabama. We're not afraid of anybody.
2: Oh, boy. You know that's going to be a crowd favorite right there, right? I hope so, Clay. Next time we get together, I'm going to have a bunch of questions about how would Ed Ogeron say X, Y, or Z. I look forward to kind of being on the podcast
1: with Clay Young.
2: Man always speaks his mind. Want to bring him in?
1: Man will get kind to the recruit down in the wallets. If anybody can bring him, he can.
2: So how would uh, Ed Ogeron go to Raising Cane's and order some chicken? Hey, well, I know you got the last
1: guy out the billboards.
2: I know the dog's gone
1: understand the loss. Everybody understands the loss. All I want, give me the biggest one you got. I want the special sauce. I want the coleslaw. I want all the chicken. I just want to thank your support. want to thank Ty. I want to thank the entire Raising cans family. And I want to be on
2: the billboard. One love, one team, one heartbeat. You know, Anna's already going to be mad at us because she's not here for this. But when I tell her... Uh, she definitely needs to listen to your Ed Ogeron. That's uh If that was in the
1: studio with me.
2: How right, would he go? Rich, we gotta tell you something. I don't know how you put up with her.
1: It's always about herself and title. Seems like she's always on you for nothing. Always just whining like a little girl. That's all right, I understand. You two work together. It's
2: all about one team, one station, one heart bait, and one show. Go tigers. You know, I think he probably be entertained that you do that because he's such a good guy. He is a good guy. You know, I got a chance this year to address the football team before the season.
1: Now, how did that happen?
2: Hiller called me and asked me to come to a presentation at the new uh, practice facility, and it was a few people there. And I, I, said, "Do you want me to say anything?" He's like, "No, we got wait, a bunch wait, wait, of speakers." Wait, time
1: out, time out. So you telling me, East Baton Rouge Parish District Attorney Hiller Moore called you, called you, okay. That's fair. Oh, guess what? (laughs) Hiller don't want to play here. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait.
2: Hiller don't want to play here.
1: Because as soon as this podcast is over, contacts, scroll, (laughs)
2: H's. (laughs) Yes, I understand. So he calls me. So the presentation was about decision making. And so he had a bunch of his ADAs, his assistant DAs there, to talk to these boys about being smart during the season. Don't get in trouble. Yeah, you know, whether it at, whether it's at the bars or with your girlfriends or the whole thing, and so I was there. I because I'm on my way there. It's storming that day. I could remember the day, and I'm on my way there. And in fact, it was the Wednesday before the flood that week. Because if you recall, that happened before the football season started. So it's kind of like the first week of August, right? Yeah. So. Uh, and I'm delayed getting there on campus. I go. I went to the old facility. He's like, we're not over there. We're at the other place. It's like, okay, well, I'm on the way. He's like, well, how long is it going to take you? I said, like, I don't know, a couple of minutes. He's like, crap. I'm like, what difference does it make? I'm, I'm just coming. I'm not- And then I'm thinking, he's going to want me to say something. So I go there. I walk, and the, the facility is gorgeous. So I go in, and I get a chance to talk to these boys, and it was actually one of the the, the biggest honors I've ever had. And before me, the attorneys spoke with them about being, not being stupid. And they told them this thing, uh, um, Snapchat, is this thing kids use where they'll take a video or send a video and it expires after however long. I'm not yeah, on Snapchat. Yeah, like sna- 15 seconds. I'm not like on that. Snapchat. Right. Going it forever. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, they told them, not true. Once that video is out there in the ether, we can always go get it. And when that young lady said that to that to the team, you should have heard them going, "What?" Oh, and all of the mermaids. Because I was told probably what those young men were told. Yeah. That
1: once you do it, it's only 13, 15 seconds. Nope. Then it's going forever. Nope. It can't be traced. It nope. can't be found they again. They told
2: them we can absolutely get it I every think video. Could. no question. Well, that's who it was. It was right. now, people that's what talking. I'm saying. Right. Text messages. So if someone says you did something. And they talked about how this thing goes around now where these these young fellas are with these young ladies and they go and they have a night together and the young lady snaps a picture of the player while he's asleep. I didn't even know that was a thing, but that's a thing. And you can be blackmailed and the whole thing. And, you know, so I told them that you'll never be a bigger a-hole in your life than you are in your 20s because you're old enough to have a little bit of freedom but you're way too young to understand how things really work. You know what I'm saying? And I talked about bad decisions that morning. I, I'd watched a video on Ray Rice, and Ray Rice's wife has forgiven him. Ray Rice, for those of you, few of you who may not know, NFL player, star running back with the Baltimore Ravens, had a, uh, an argument with his wife, and then he assaults this girl Elevated, in an elevator it's Absolutely. It's a tough video to watch, but. Maybe the worst moment of his life caught on video ruined his career. Do I think he deserves a second chance at some point? I, I take his wife's lead on some something. She's forgiven him. Don't know how I would feel if that was my daughter. Don't know how you would feel if that was your daughter. But the worst moment of his life gets caught on video and now the league won't touch him. And I told them that's how fast it can happen if you do something stupid. There are cameras everywhere. So and I, I daddied them a little bit more. I kind of talked to them like they were my sons, and they clapped for me. I was the only one they 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 applauded for. And then Les tells me afterwards. He says, "I'm glad you said some of that." He says, "If I try to say that to them, they'll tell me don't daddy me." And I'm thinking in my head, why does it matter what they think? You're the boss, you know. But yeah, I got a chance to do that, man, and it was fun. And uh, don't call Hiller and beat him up about it. I'll tell well, you him know what the problem you is. Well, you quite,
1: yeah. well, well. I mean, players years ago. Players years ago, the only I guess uh, patronizing that came their way, the only yeah. oh, you're the greatest, you're the greatest came from, you know, middle aged guys after mm-hmm. the game. There was no social media. Right. There was none of that stuff. Yeah. So they didn't get praise and they couldn't see themselves on ESPN and highlights and right. all of the magazines and you know, everything that's going on, blogs and right. this and that. Right, right. So they, they get bombarded with how great they are. Mm-hmm. Bombarded. In the past they didn't have that. No. So, I mean, in a more attention, I don't care what you did, and God bless you for doing that, because it—, it I don't had, know if it made a difference yeah, but, at I mean, all. It had difference the, it, at all. You know, even if it made a difference in one student athlete, mm-hmm. it was worth the time. Sure. As you agree. I okay. was I was happy so, to do So but have my, my point is is that young people today, with all this attention that comes their way, uh, man, it's 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 a cancer. It is. It literally is. Narcissism it's a is
2: what it's called. They love and it's, to it, look at themselves. I mean, it's have a, you ever so, taken a selfie? I have not. I have not either. I've never yeah, taken a selfie.
1: Now, like, I've got my daughter to take a picture no, of that's me. that's not the same yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, no, but it's as like, far as, yeah. hey, come on over here. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. Here. Yeah. put it on reverse yeah. Yeah. so yeah. you can angle it and all of that stuff. No, I mean, I just, I mean, you and I are too old to do that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a young person thing, yeah. man. Now, I'm not yeah. saying, you know, a, a, a wife and her daughter on vacation. You know, I get all that stuff. Well, that's stuff that maybe stuff you, and your, you and your family. You and your family. Absolutely. Or maybe some
2: friends now that I think about, but, you know, you I, like, I don't snap pictures. I, I, we can go down a well, you long road on that. You know what, you, Clay, you get, know, the yeah.
1: funny thing, this whole social... And, and you know I am a recluse. Not to bore anybody with this.
2: That's I, actually true for no, people I, who No, I am a recluse, like, man. Yeah. I, you know I
1: do my six, seven miles running every day at the gym. People don't bother me. They know. Uh, you, I still, leave,
2: you still run six or seven miles? Six every day, yes. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic, So man. So,
1: I mean, I'm blessed, man. Because guys my age, man, they used to, but they couldn't. They got yeah. low back problems. They Knees, got knee problems. Yeah. Yeah, stuff. And yeah. I'm just blessed, man. So, anyway... Uh, But, man, when I leave the station, I go home. On Saturday, it's go to the gym. Mm -hmm. After the gym, I come home. Wife wants to do this. I do that. But as far as going anywhere socially without my wife, like just being out with people, I just don't do it. And, And a lot of times people, like when they invite me, Uh, like Quay, if you ever invited me, because I know the people you hang out with, so I'm there. But what I'm saying is, for the most part, just to go to an event with a bunch of people, uh, and half of them I don't know, they're just going to set you up. They're just waiting for you, and you know what? You could just be doing something so innocent, but yet they'll take a photo, and they can put whatever caption under that photo, and it's totally... So untrue, yeah. but yet it looks
2: true. And you don't even know you're being recorded sometimes, which is a thing you can't re- you can't control now. Someone could be sitting and recording you and you not even know it. And that bothers me. And I, I like you, well, I'd rather I'd rather be at home. Well, I don't do a well, bunch of stuff. Let me tell you, I'll you give know, you a perfect example. Yeah.
1: This lady thought I was being rude. A couple of months ago, was a judge of a cook-off, okay? Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. And, you know, after the cook-off, how you doing, listen, and a whole bit. And this woman came up and said, hey, can you take a photo with me? And I said, look, God bless you, and I love you. I thank you for listening, but I just can't. Because I don't know if I take that photo, and that's up on Facebook. And it may be as innocent as can be, but what does she put on it? And right. what projects, what image is that? Yeah. And I said, look, I don't want to be, and I'd rather, I'd rather lose one friendship or one, casual, how you doing, greeting. She could go away and say he's a total turd. Mm -hmm. He refused to take the picture. I'd rather take a shot at you not liking me than take a shot at you posting that on social media Mm -hmm. and people have this perception of what was going on.
2: It didn't worth it. Well, and, and it's not. And you can't know what people's intentions are or how they're going to use a picture. But then again, at the same time, she did ask because a lot of people would have just stood by you and snapped the picture there. And, you know, before you knew what was going on, they've got you and them in a picture together. That's how skilled people are now. So, you know, we get through this football season going into the new year. What's your and because I, I want to put a button on the, the, the Ogeron talk. What do you expect next year?
1: Well, here's he the biggest Because he's a
2: great recruiter.
1: Right, right, right. He is. Well, you know what I mean? And, and we say that, and he is, but the best linebacker in the state out of a Southern Lab
0: yeah. on
1: Sunday, the day after he was named head coach, yeah. decides he's going to Alabama. How many times have we seen this?
0: I yeah. mean, why do so, you think that was? I, I, I
1: just don't know, man. And, and people say, well, he was going into Alabama the whole time. And, and, you know, normally, like north of Alexandria, I get it. Uh, you know, West Monroe, up mm. in that area. Uh, they've lost players to Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cam Robinson, the best left tackle in yeah. the country. He's from up there, and LSU couldn't secure his services. Yeah, and LSU's yeah. had an issue up there. That's a whole different world in North Louisiana. Yes, it is. So, But for him to lose the kid out of Southern Lab, that's what's tough. And you hope they can regroup. And But here's the big thing, Clay. Think about this. So everybody's excited about Ed Oswald, which, again, we get back to family. Once your daughter or son marries that person or whatever, you got to support them. So, like yeah. kids. When your kids get in trouble, you try to be there for them. But, I, I mean, I'm pulling for the guy. But man, they got a month and a half before they play a the bowl game. They got a mm-hmm. month and a half. It's going to be the end of December. Mm-hmm. Likely, right now it looks like, and things can change throughout when people hear this podcast. Sugar but right ball? now, how about this: the Citrus Bowl against Citru- Florida State.
2: Ooh, against Florida State, Jimbo. And
1: guess who Jimbo opens up with next season? Who? Alabama. Oh wow. Yeah. So anyway, so if that that's a great bowl matchup, that'll get Tiger fans. Hey, I want to
2: go to Orlando. How does for that Alabama game. let that happen? They open up. I mean. That's kind of It's one know. of those
1: it's one of those neutral uh, side games, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So but here's the deal. After everybody you got people who wanted Tom Herman, you got people who are thrown out at Eddo's Ross here. If they play a bowl game and lose a bowl game just think about that. Mm. Losing a bowl game after what happened last year against Notre Dame. Yeah. LSU hadn't had much bowl success lately. All right? And then you're thinking, well, wait a minute. Here's <laughs> our guy. But now we got eight months to think about why he didn't beat that team in a bowl game. Especially
2: Jimbo. If yeah. it's Jimbo.
1: And what image is that going to project? Now, look, one thing about it is. I didn't want Tom Herman. Initially I wanted Tom Herman, but then I thought about it. I'm going, wait. Seems a little weasley. Yeah, well, let me tell you what you are right on. Because you know, a big favorite over Navy, lose the Navy. Mm-hmm. Big favorite over SMU, lose mm-hmm. to SMU, uh, loses to Memphis, final game of the season. But here's what really ticks me off, man. You never take a shot at a man when he's down. Yeah. So on Sunday after, you know, Sunday after uh they announced at wrong. Mm-hmm. well, Tom Herman gets a Texas job. Well, you can say whatever you want about Charlie Strong, but he tried to write the ship in Texas. He
2: never had a shot.
1: He had a lot of guys out of control over there, boosters, giving him money, just, uh, just, just, just strong, bad kids. They didn't want strong. Kids. So what happened was, they get Tom Herman. Tom Herman comes out. You know the first thing he says? A reporter asked him, hey, Tom, what about, the, you know, Charlie was talking about the pressure, the pressure of coaching in Texas. He could have took a classy move there. Well, there is a lot of pressure. We could pay a lot of money. You know, blah, blah, blah. You you can handle that. That's easy. He said, well, you know what pressure is? He goes, well, the reason why he said there was pressure because he was unprepared.
2: Wow, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You can't do that, man. You got to show a little bit more class and character. And for him to take that route, once I saw that quote from him, knowing the lack of class and character and doing that and throwing Charlie Strong under the bus, I'm going, I am so glad That Tom Herman is not at LSU. Because if you're going to say that, what if he comes in and that same question Mm -hmm. is asked and he says that about
2: Les Miles? Right. That doesn't go well. Because even though people didn't like Les, some people didn't like Les Miles a coach, I don't know anybody who didn't like Les Miles the person. Because I think you will admit he's a nice guy. Uh, His players, for the most part, stayed out of trouble. He, he was here what eleven years? Mm-hmm, eleven seasons. I mean, so.
1: But one thing about Les Miles, well, in a grand scheme of things in life, it's all about your relationship with your family sure. and yourself. And one thing you gotta say about Les Miles, I'm not saying he's in a class by himself, but all the previous head coaches at LSU, mm-hmm. the uh, you know the the uh, 31 prior to him. Yeah. Not one of them was a better family man, no. as equal to, yeah. but as far as values and being involved in the community yeah. and loving his wife yeah. and his
2: kids, I mean, Les Miles was incredible. I mean, I, I really liked the guy, the, the person. Uh, I, I've been, for maybe, Rich, six out of the last seven years, I've emceed uh, the Special Olympics indoor games every April or May, and or March or April. And one year we did it on campus and they got less to be there. And so he came and he spoke and just watching him with those kids, because, you know, for them, they and some of them, some of some of them were were adults, too, with uh, mental and physical disabilities and their interaction with him. He stayed until I mean, there were athletes from all over the state. Every one of them passed before he left. He could have spoke, you know, because he spoke early in the program, and he could have left. He didn't do that. He stayed, and he acknowledged every kid. And you know what? If See, I appreciate stuff yeah, like you know, that. Yeah,
1: no question. And, and if he would have left, nobody would have thought anything bad of it. No. He came, yeah. he paid, you yeah, know, yeah, did what yeah. he was expected, sure. and he went. But for him to go that extra mile in, in understanding what it meant to right. those kids. But I don't think he was doing it for uh, self-satisfaction no. or, or, or to get attention. He no. was doing it because... That's who
2: he is. You would have done that. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, for for you or I, we got to be to something like that. If you're going to agree to be there, you're going to be there, and you're going to do it. It's like I'm gonna. If I don't really want to do something, I'm going to tell you no. But if I've agreed to be there, I'm going to come and have my a game because I gave my word, and I believe that's important. And there's a lack of that. It's like if look if you and I tell people in the middle of things, look if you don't want to do this, let's just Whoa. shut it down now. But if we agree to do something. Well, you know, you as know. we
1: talk about football, we talk about a word, you know I mean? And, and that's my main thing with Clay. I mean, you know, I try to raise my son and, you know, your son yeah. and your
2: daughter. And, Sons, I got two of
1: them. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I thought yeah. you had one son. Ah, uh, two Okay, two all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the deal. All, all you try to instill into your son is to treat women with respect. Mm-hmm. And also, oh man, got it's his word. Yeah. And that starts out when, a, you know, a young boy is 10, 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14. And as it goes on up, and, and, you know, you get back to these dads who, you know, let's take Dylan Moses as an example, yeah. one of the top five recruits in the country. Yeah. And I've received a lot of criticism, a lot of criticism uh, uh, from his father, not through me, but from affluent people in sure, town sure. that got back to me. Yeah. Because I said, when my son was, if my son would have been athletic enough to go to U High and to be recruited by colleges in eighth grade, mm-hmm. your son commits to a school. Now, I would have told my son, in this case Dylan Moses, in eighth grade, son, you're not going to commit, okay? What we're going to do is we'll go visit these schools, mm-hmm. okay? The day you decide you want to commit, and it's not in eighth grade, you know, junior year, right? Sure. The day you decide you want to commit, when I think you're mature enough to be able to do that, then once you give that coach and that school your word, it's over. That's it. Now, unless probation comes, sure. that coach leaves, yeah. then it's a new well, family. Well, it's different. because it's, it's different. Yeah, it's, a new it's different. Right. But, but for that family to allow him to – Commit, decommit, then commit to Alabama, then say he's going to make visits. That's no way to raise a son. Now, I took a lot of criticism for saying this. But, you know, if it was my son, it shouldn't happen that way. It just shouldn't do it. A man's word is a man's That's word. it got to mean something. And, and what happens is when you allow a young man to dictate to adults, when you allow a young man to control his parents, having his own name on your license plate – with his number, that's out of
2: control, man. Sorry. Man, that horse is way out of the box. That's out of control.
1: Though. Imagine putting your son's high school number and his name on your license plate. When that stuff's going on, see, I took a lot of criticism, yeah. major criticism. Yeah. People accuse me of being the R guy, okay? Racist? Yes. They accuse me of being that because I said that about Dylan Moses. What they don't realize, Clay, if it was Danny Etling. Yeah. Well, do you know where yeah. I'm going? No. Well, if they don't realize if it was Hokey Gajo right. or Sammy Martin. Right, right. Pick the best white guys yes. of all time. Yes. I would have said the same thing. Yeah. But what they say is, because I'm loud and opinionated and I'm a white guy, mm. I wouldn't say that if Dylan Moses no, you was a white guy who no, played you at you High, Catholic, or Episcopal. You would. I would have said the same thing. But then we get back to perception. Mm-hmm. Then we get back to people making up stuff because they want to stir the pot yeah. and they want to label you Facebook but that's just the world we live in
2: so as we wrap up here I'd I'd like uh, Coach Orgeron to give a pep talk to any person in business right now Uh, you're talking to your team in the break room around the the coffee pot or whatever Uh, what would Coach Orgeron say to fire up the troops I
1: want to tell all the people in this room right here
2: well we brought you in we went
1: through many applications we interviewed a lot of people you're here for a reason You know why you're here? You're here because I believe in you. My support staff, we all believe in you. But there's only one thing I expect of you. Each and every day, you get out of the bed, you come to work, and being on time is not eight. Being on time is 10 minutes to eight. Understand, we gotta be productive. Understand I always have your back. We're here to win, we're here to be productive, we're here to make money, we're here to grow. And as long as you come to work every day and give it 100%, no such thing as 110%. Don't let anybody tell you that bullshit. It's 100. That's all we got. 100. We're going to win. We're going to be successful. And we're going to grow as a company. I Always have your back. As long as you're always honest with me and work hard. God bless you. Let's hit the streets, get in the cubicles, fire up them computers.
2: Let's make some calls. Wow. Back to wrap up after this podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand if you've wanted your own podcast the time to call us is now this year podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them you won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing if you'd like to know more call 225-214-1550 that's 225-214-1550 be a part of the on demand audio movement today. This is Dr.
1: Mary Catherine Rodriguez and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of the Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington.
0: We are also your host for the Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com.
1: Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're
0: also going to shed light on the various ways our
1: listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get the Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225. 25.com iTunes and the talk 1073 mobile app
2: this is the clay young show on podcast 225.com oh man never a dull moment with that guy Richard Condon you can hear him in Baton Rouge every day every afternoon He is your afternoon drive captain on Eagle 98.1, along with Anna Betts, who is the lion tamer, circus wrangler, whatever you want to call her. She tries to keep him between the lines and out of the ditches every day, and some days she's actually even successful at it. But Condon was fun, number 98, as he said, because he's on Eagle 98.1. That was actually pretty good off the top of his head. Thank you guys for listening to another edition of The Clay Young Show. Number 99 is next week. Hopefully it'll be huge. And then there is number 100, which will will be even huger. I know, it's not a word. Neither is huge. Lighten up. Listen, as you listen to this show, if you're catching us uh, during the week of November 28th, Through the second, that would be Monday through Friday. On Sunday, December 4th, we're doing a fundraiser for the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation, hoping to really build a bridge between law enforcement and the communities they serve, but more importantly, buying protective protective gear for law enforcement, backing up these agencies. I think there is a great deal of work to be done in that regard. I certainly support communities. As most of you know, who know me personally, you know how much time, effort, and quite frankly, money I invest into communities really around Louisiana. We, we do some business in Shreveport. We've done some things there, obviously, in New Orleans and in the capital region. But one of my other passions is supporting law enforcement. Ain't gonna change. And I think you can do both. I think you can try to help people in communities, but you can also remember that there are people who run towards danger when it happens. And I choose to support them. I've got members of my family who are members of law enforcement and some really close friends of mine. Some of the people that I have known and respected the most in these communities are in law enforcement. And so at Sullivan's Steakhouse, run by the fantastic Leo Verde, On Sunday evening, December 4th at 6 p.m., open to the public. There is a fundraiser, and we encourage you to come on out there and have a good time with us. Bobby D'Angelo, who created these custom flags, these custom-framed American flags, has donated 100 of those flags that are being personalized by the widows of the fallen officers from this past year. And we are selling some of the flags there to raise money for the organization, and 100% of what's raised is going right back into supporting law enforcement and the families of members of law enforcement communities. So I'd love to see you there. Coach Orgeron is going to be there on Sunday. That's right, he's going to be there. Gordy Rush is going to be leading the auction there. And uh, it'll be great. It'll be a good opportunity. The weather forecast says it's going to be rainy and cold here. So that means that it could possibly be 75 degrees and sunny, knowing Louisiana weather. But you know what? It really doesn't matter. It's a great opportunity to support a fantastic cause, and I hope to see some of you there. And if you've heard uh, the Condon interview, I'd love to uh, to get your feedback on that. And I'm going to tell Coach about Condon's impersonation of him. Here's hoping he finds that funny. All right, guys, hit the subscribe button as we tell you every week. If you are an iTunes subscriber, you get the show via their app. Leave us a rating there and a compliment. We appreciate it. Four stars. Sounds like a, that's about right to me. And, of course, you can also follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR and on Facebook backslash Clay young. And, you know, I'd love to say I post a bunch I don't, not really my speed, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, you know, I say something there when I have something to say. Otherwise, I don't say anything at all. But I can see what a lot of you are saying. Some of you are very, very entertaining. And some of you should really give Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez and Katie Fetzer a call. I'm just saying. You can also email me at clayyoung.com. I, I did that again. You can email me. I did that in another podcast. You can email me clay at podcast225.com. Clay at podcast225.com. And a plug for the Waiting Room podcast with Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez and Katie Fetzer. On this recent edition, episode four of The Waiting Room, they're talking with a gentleman who went from mercenary, yes, mercenary to mental health professional. Fascinating conversation. His name is Ken Knight. He is a walking encyclopedia of bad intentions, but he's also a good guy and he's a very intelligent man. And if you met him on the streets, you'd say, hey, he's a rough guy, but you you wouldn't get the deep intellect that is there under the surface, and you certainly wouldn't know about his capabilities or history. I encourage you to go over to the Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, and shop what the ladies are offering. They are fantastic. With that, we'll catch you on episode number nine of the Clay Young Show right here on podcast225.com. See ya. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show.